Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing equality and innovation back to black, indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes. And make sure you use code WITCHY, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 20% off of your purchase. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, this is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in the way. They're actually leading the way. And today, we're talking with Stephen Towell. He has been doing hypnosis since 17 years old and was an accountant for a large part of his life, but made the leap into hypnotherapy full-time, both clinical, you know, anxiety, working with the emotional issues, as well as spiritual and we'll dive into this and so much more. You can check out his website in the show notes for more information about his story, but we will dive into that very shortly. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Stephen. Hi, Lauren. How are you doing? Ah, wonderful, wonderful. I'm ready to dive into all things hypnotherapy, past life, in-between lives, which I we talked a little bit off-air. That's really interesting for us to possibly dive into a little bit later. But we always start off the show. I love hearing people's heroes' journeys of, you know, how how this work came into their own life. And it sounds like it's been such a part of you for a very, very long time. Could you give us kind of the the bridge version of your story that led you to become this hypnotherapist and helping people all around the world today? Yeah. Um guess as a kid I was very um curious about the unexplained. I can remember reading a book. My, my dad had this big thick book called The Unexplained. It was a Reader's Digest book, and it was all stories about, like, I don't know, horror, ghost stories, UFOs, everything unexplained. I just was fascinated as a kid. Um, and then hypnosis, I think about 13, I saw it somewhere, and it just kind of piqued my curiosity, and I thought, what is this strange thing with the mind? And 17, I went to college and first book I went, got to the library was in uh, trying to find something on hypnotherapy or hypnosis because I was just thinking, what is this? Um, and then from there, it's always been there in the background. I used to do a lot of past life regression. I, I think my very first subject was my six-year-old brother. I was 17, he was six. And he was giving me all this past life um, experience, uh, this kid at six talking about 
he wrote children's books, he was married with a child, he was worried because he had a skin disease and he was dying and he was scared of leaving his family behind and he was naming places. And so I just remember 17 year old, six year old brother and thinking, wow, this, this is weird, this works. So um, when I when I recommend going and start playing about your, your six year old brother's minds and stuff, but, but that was, I, there was no internet back then. It was way back in 19, 91 or something. So uh, I was going, just looking for anything I could find on hypnosis at the time. And that probably led me into um, what I do today. Kind of took a back seat for quite a long time. Um, it's always in the background. I still did it uh, a little more as a hobby. But in the last five, six years, it became uh, more, I've done a lot more training and clinical hypnotherapy, helping people and then while I was still doing a lot of the, the between lives and the past life stuff. Uh, and here I am today still doing it as a living. Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I love hearing the story because it's so much every time it doesn't matter who's on the show. It's always such a part of your own healing story. And it's it just like these things come right to you, whether it's something you have to overcome, something that just you've been guided to. It just, it's so magical to see how, I mean, it's it's really our subconscious manifesting all this into our lives, but how when we really just listen, we're really, really guided. And we've talked about hypnotherapy on the show probably a few years ago, talk about the subconscious and unconscious a lot, but could you give us like a brief, you know, hypnotherapy 101 before we start to kind of dive deeper into these subtopics, yeah. what it is and how it kind of works? Yeah, so... Again, it's the, 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 that's one model of it, the conscious and the unconscious mind. So the idea being that I'm talking to you at the moment and my hands are up here. Now, why are my hands up here? I didn't consciously decide to lift my hands to speak to you, but there they are. So that was an unconscious response that happened. Like driving a car, you may, you're may you maybe changing gears, turning steering wheels, uh, pressing pedals, moving muscles. It's all unconscious um, learned response. That's, uh, so that's that's the idea that there's, there's this part of the mind, a large part of the mind that is creating all of this um, function or beliefs or um, behaviours are all generated from this unconscious. Uh, and then you've got your conscious awareness, which is the bit that's looking confused in my hands at the moment and thinking, why are they up there? Um, so I guess what hypnosis is doing is it's a kind of a phenomena. Um, no one really... Can explain it. They actually say if you ask a hundred hypnotherapists what hypnosis is, they'll all give you different answers. But probably one of the most common answers is that it's a state of focus. So it's bringing focus to something specific about the mind and these unconscious processes. And I guess that's how people with, let's say you've got anxiety, then um, really there is some part of your mind that is worrying about something that's anxious about some outcome or something may happen. So consciously, you know, another part of your mind is even thinking, I shouldn't feel like that. I, um, it's not helping me. It's not uh, conducive to my life. So in a way, it's a conflict. So with the hypnotherapy or hypnosis, it's really about focus, focusing in on these elements in the mind. And by bringing focus to it, it brings it more, brings it to the awareness where you can make changes or have experiences um, 
understand spiritual aspects when you think about people that meditate or channel or they're again using some almost unconscious element of their mind that they're having to tap into to to connect so so really it's a horror I, I, don't, I don't like the word hypnosis because it it comes from a greek word hypnosis which is the greek god of sleep but it's not really sleep it's actually um it's more of an, an awakening it's more of a an experience so you know you may and people may look like they're sleeping when they go sleep but they're still aware they're still quite there's still an element there that of awareness so hypnosis for me is really just ways of tapping in to more of what the mind is and uh, utilizing it helping it healing it bringing experience and understanding so that's a rough idea Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I've experienced hypnosis uh, quite a few times over the years in my own journey, and it is a different experience no matter like who I'm working with and what kind of styles they practice. And, you know, I think it's very attuned to like different brainwave states, like when, the, like you said, experienced meditators, when you get really, really relaxed and really become that observer, you're still there, but mm -hmm. you're able to kind of see the bigger picture a lot easier. Yeah, so you've got a critical mind, a part of the mind that will critique things. That do it. There's a guy, a psychologist called, well, he was, well, was called, he's not alive now, but Piaget, Swiss psychologist who studied cognitive development. And he went through these stages of cognitive development. And between the ages of two and seven, they call it the pre-operational stage, where your, your critical mind is still not, developed properly so you probably if you think about children children that more likely to experience will see ghosts or i could tell you a whole pile of stories like i've heard none of children that have experienced things even children there was a guy called professor ian stevenson that studied a lot into past life and he actually says that about the ages of seven that seems to be where children start to uh, lose their awareness of it so there's the so get into this concrete operational stage of cognitive development. That's where the critical mind starts to develop, and then we'll start to close down what's what is and what isn't. So yeah, so I think uh, what we're trying to do there is, like you're saying, you're still a con you're still aware there, but it's how much of the, the critical mind, this conscious awareness, is out of the way enough to be able to access and. Um, guide someone through experiences so yeah it's a it's you're still always there you're always still in control it's just uh people people say stage hypnosis and think there's some mind control but technically most of the people know what they're doing it's just that they're it's, it's almost like they believe that they're doing what they're, what, what they're told that they're doing like they're, they're a chicken or something and it's and even that idea that it's relaxation relaxation is actually only a suggestion so it helps someone to just enjoy the experience but if you think about a stage hypnotist they've not got anybody relaxed they've got them running about like lunatics half the time so so it's sort of again it's like um it's not like the the relaxation is almost like a um it's a it's a suggestion that's been given just to help someone to to let go a little bit and relax yeah, that's true. Running about the stage like a chicken. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And growing up, like that's what I thought of hypnosis. You know, I didn't really understand the the benefits. And the more I kind of 
came across my own spiritual and awakening journey, you know, past life regressions, um, contact experiences, um, you know, past lives, and you talk about in-between lives. Before we dive into that, you know, the more clinical side, you know, for me, it doesn't matter. I've realized that sometimes I'm like, well, what past life did this trauma or this block come from? And sometimes that's kind of held me back from actually taking a look at the deeper wound or the the trigger or the block. Mm -hmm. So using hypnosis to get into this state, whatever, it's not a relaxed state, but this awareness, if you will, you're really able to experience the greater elements of who you are, as well as starting to overcome those blocks and expand your own acknowledge your own <laughs> your own understanding and knowledge and yeah. kind of be able to see your greater purpose and your reasons for being. So more clinical side of things. Let's dive into that. How how does this kind of help? What what can yeah. people come to hypnosis for if they're kind of interested? So the, I think the interesting thing about something like past life, uh, and someone might think that they've got some unexplainable behavior, belief, fear, whatever, and it must there's nothing really happened to them, so it could be from past life. The way that I see past life and even um, your current life experiences and how this fits into I'll, I'll tie this to clinical hypnotherapy. But for me, it doesn't matter too much about whether it's past life or uh, current life. It's still a part of the mind. So we are, we are sort of, I guess there's a, a wider consciousness, an accumulation of all experience. So there's people that, there are sometimes people come for a past life regression hoping to uh, resolve some issue like a, a fear of public speaking or fear of spiders or something and they may think well I've got no rational reason but the thing about memory is that we, we very rarely mem remember very much and even recalling memories is it's not the most reliable thing because what you're doing is there's a good saying and I don't know who said it but it's it says that the best way to preserve a memory is to never remember it because every time you try to recall it you'll be distorting it you'll be and it's a bit like you think about uh there may be a car crash and two there's two statements taken from two people and they can be completely opposing even though both of them actually saw the same thing so memories can be a little bit um sort of uh, unreliable um now the thing about the way that i work with hypnotherapy is that i recognize that there may be a part of the mind that is um, affected by past life uh, or it may be a part of the mind that this person remembers or has an idea, or it may be a part of the mind that is unconscious, that maybe they've got a fear of spiders and their mother had a fear of spiders. And at the age of, now when I was talking about that pre-operational stage, that's where your brain's like a sponge. It's learning everything. It's taking in, um, it's basically you're trying to learn to survive. You need to learn to survive. So you'll, you'll take your, uh, learnings from some, your parents usually the people that are that have survived they're your role models so you'll take a lot of their behaviors a lot of their beliefs a lot of their flaws and just as they've probably taken it from theirs and this is why this generational curse type thing they talk about trying to clear this um generational stuff but that can be taken on a learned behavior from a young age the way that i recognize the mind working is that 
technically, like we said a minute about five minutes ago, it's a it's a conflict. There's a part of the mind that may have this irrational fear or anxiety or depression or whatever it is, but there's another part of the mind that is sitting thinking, why do I keep feeling like this? What I need to see you at the therapist. So so there's that that part, so there's this conflict, right? Now the cool thing about that is that that then technically means that there's a part of the mind, whether it's past life, whether it's unconscious from learning from parents, whether it's something that happened, doesn't matter. It's a part of the mind that holds a deep belief. It's gained some experience from somewhere. And in a way, it's kind of isolated from this other part of the mind that is sitting going, why do I feel like that? That's not helping me. So if the mind holds the, the belief and the mind holds the perception of whatever's happened and is creating the behavior, and the mind also knows that it shouldn't feel like that and knows how it wants to feel, then technically what you're trying to do is resolve this conflict. Let the mind correct itself. Let the mind come together with these conflicting parts. And it's usually you'll find a lot of the time, you've probably heard of a lot of um, people talking about uh, the inner child and inner child healing. And that's usually a part of the mind that has developed at a child level and taken on a mum doesn't, mummy doesn't love me because she's always been working and I'm not this late and, and all these years later she's got this depression that she's not loved and she's, and it was all because of the the perceptions and beliefs that she took on as a child but this child part seems to still exist in isolation from other parts of the mind and this is what we're doing, is we're trying to say okay there's this, you use imagination you utilise imagination, that's what I do and help that part to come forward, that's the unconscious mind to bring this part forward that is holding these beliefs, these perceptions. And sometimes people say it's like, uh, it's it's me as three years old or, um, and she looks sad and, and then you'll say, okay, let's bring in a helper, bring in uh, a wise part. So sometimes you get um, them as a mature person, older, or you sometimes get strange stuff like uh, some sort of spiritual being or a guide or something. So I'll leave it to the mind. It can be, I've had, I've had metaphorical stuff like shapes and objects that have came forward as well. And, and technically, even the, the young child, as much as it, even an object, it's still a metaphorical representation of the mind, a construct of that part of the problem. And by changing that metaphorical, um, I guess, perception, it's helping the problem to change. So... A long way around about there is clinical hypnotherapy, what I'm doing is trying to resolve all these mindset issues, lack of confidence, belief in yourself, um, anxieties, depressions, fears, phobias. Um, they're all basically generated by some part of the mind, but utilizing the mind to, and they're unconscious as well. Otherwise, if you were consciously could change it, you would just say, okay, switch off that anxiety. That's not any good. That's a lot better now. But who can do that? So that's where go to the unconscious level and start to try and help to change these beliefs, change these perceptions. So that's my take on hypnotherapy and the way that I work. Other people may explain it in different ways, but that's my perception. And I think it was very easily to understand. It's like holding, not consciously, but unconsciously, these two opposing beliefs yeah in a way and about bringing them together to be congruent or to accept or you know letting the mind know 
like the mind and the body knows how to heal. Yeah. It knows how to move the energy or what, however you want to visualize it, but it's allowing that space to be, to, to allow that to kind of yeah. unfold. And, and here's where it's cool. Um, so I'm talking about parts of the mind and it's called ego states. They're called personas. Uh, they only get called parts. Parts therapy is a sort of, a, a sort of um, comes out of things like NLP and hypnosis. But in a cool way, it's, it's looking at there's all these parts. If you start to then look at a life and in a past life, an accumulation of past lives, we're an accumulation of parts of lives. And then if you go to that whole higher concept of that we're all one, then in a way that that you you are me and I'm I am you, we're all part of the the same collective. So it's almost like a a, a continuing model that starts off as the source, God, whatever you want to call it, and then we're all aspects and we are all um, facets of this. Uh, God or source, energy, consciousness, experiencing. And then we break down into them. We've got these souls, which then experience, have experiences of lives. But then within these lives, we've then got all these other parts of us. We've got these different personas that accumulate to become what we are. So it's like this continuous breaking down. And, and this is where the conflicts, how they come about, is that we've got these personas, these ego states that have developed um, and I'll give you a perfect example of how ego states work. Um, imagine your front door goes and you open the door and it's your best friend. Now you'll have a whole pile of uh, unconscious expressions. Your voice pitch may go up. So you'll go, oh, how are you doing? It's really good to see you. Your hands will come up with that. You're, you're, you just, you're lifted your shoulders up. So there'll, there'll be a whole muscles moving, facial expressions, pitching your voice going up. Uh, your hands coming out, you're open, your body language is open. All these things are happening. There's like a, there's a whole persona that's coming to the forefront to interact with your friend. But if you then imagine it was a salesperson that you opened the door to and they were really pushy and they were saying, Look, I just want you to buy this thing. It's a really good product. What is your problem with it? And they've got their foot on your door. You're not going to be going, oh, how are you doing? It's so good to see you. You'll be like, get your foot out my door. Like, I'm not. So there'll be this defensive entry. Their body language will come down. Um, and in a way, if it was a pet or a dog, you're not going to go up to a dog and say, oh, how are you doing? It's so good to see you. You're probably going to do something silly like, oh, he's a lovely boy, eh? and rub the hair and rub the fur. But you're not going to open your door to your best friend and go, oh, how's a lovely girl? Look at you rubbing her hair. So you've got all these sort of personas that come for different situations. Learn personas, just like someone that may work. I need to watch, I'm going fast here, and I need to watch the Scottish accent. People start to not be able to understand me when I speak too fast. Um, but when you think about, um, what was I going with that? Yeah. So there's a, Carol Young talks about the shadow. And this is all these, this is this parts of us that are unhealed. So like we were saying, this three-year-old child that comes forward that's not loved, that's another part, another ego state that, in your life, you'll suddenly be feeling depressed and thinking, why am I depressed? And why am why do I just feel like no one loves me? And and you can't explain it, but there's a part of you that has been triggered in some way and it's unhealed. And it's just that other part. And even when your best friend comes, the ego, the other, the, the friend ego state comes back, but then after maybe a few hours, here comes this other part. And and you see, you can see it, it's so fascinating to watch people. 
Um, you, you can sweat, you can actually make people's ego states change. You could say to someone like, um, oh, I heard about that really bad news um, that you are, yeah, I don't know, you crash your car and, oh, it was horrible. So there we go, there's the ego state, it was horrible. The head comes down, the shoulders come down and they start sort of speaking, yeah, it was really bad. I, I totally wrecked my car and insurance is going to be sky high now and the tone of the voice. And they say, yeah, it's terrible. And then they say, but I heard you've got a bit of good news is that you've met this new girlfriend or something. Oh, yeah. And then there's a sudden change, the, the whole body language changing. And there's these ego states coming and going. So, so yeah, so that that's technically how I see everything is that uh, we are just this accumulation of experience that, uh, that all eventually all connects together all the way up. So, we think that we are a, a person, but we're an accumulation of experience and of these different personas, uh, which then um, would then just keep expanding out into uh, past life experiences. And that's all within us as well. Someone that's got a fear of uh, flying may have been shot down in a, a fighter plane or something in World War II, and, but they, they can't get on a flight. And so there's this other almost unhealed ego state that's got a fear of flying, thinking I will die. I go on an airplane, scared to go back on an airplane. Um, and it's just all this accumulation of who we are right up to source. That was, that was so beautifully said. Thank you. That was, it was just so easy to understand the ego states and how they can change and, you know, where they come from. And I would love to talk about the between lives kind of touched on it a little bit. I think like the, the whole, fractal kind of coming down from source yeah. and how the bits kind of get disjointed. Um, but yeah, what, what is this concept of between lives? I think everybody's familiar with past lives, but I would love to dive into between lives. Yeah. So the concept almost come, it's actually, there was a guy called Dr. Michael Newton who wrote books and did a lot of research back in the eighties and, um, wrote, journey of souls and destiny of souls and he called it the life between lives and he did something like 7,000 test cases over his career um, and he tried to kind of do it in a sort of scientific way of just wor working with our different people and what was happening was that all these people were saying the same thing so he stumbled into it by accident I think there was some client that came to him and they had this unexplainable uh, issue that they couldn't seem to resolve and he used hypnosis and um and probably back then their their sort of use of hypnosis was probably i would say probably primitive because it used to take them hours and hours to do the sessions and i think there's a lot quicker ways now and there's a lot of, there's so many hypnosis now comes from lots of different perspectives like even stage hypnosis now has people that are clinical hypnotherapists utilize some of the stuff that gets used on stage because it's quicker and um but um yeah so so the dr michael newton he was he, he was taking people um through his past lives to help them and then it was what happened then when they died and he started as he started to go work with all these different people they were all saying the same thing that we are part of soul groups that we have ha we have um, guides, we have um, we're here to learn, and that um, so he 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 was getting all these same uh, 
all these different people saying the same thing. So between life to me is the is the I've shortened it and but it's uh just I just call it between lives and a lot of other people sometimes call it that as well. But it's technically what 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 your experience is when you're not in a physical awareness. And again, this physical world isn't physical. This this world is an energetic construct. Look at quantum physics. It will start going right away down. It suddenly becomes that there's no physical uh, matter. Everything's energy. It's was it atoms to proton neutrons, then down to uh, quarks, which are events that so nothing that are appearing and disappearing. So, and the atom that's ninety nine point nine 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 six percent space. There's no physical. There's nothing really physical. It's that we're here in some kind of perception, a constructed energetic experience where we can learn, we can go through the dramas of life, we can um, interact with each other and learn from each other and learn from our experiences. And that's what each of our lives are. When I do past lives, it all seems to be about, it can be the simplest and basic of life, but it may just be learning about love, learning about family, learning about being on your own and surviving on your own it could be there's so many um every life will have a different learning and and bring that accumulation of learning and experience to to what we are um, and that's between life is really the the higher level of looking at it it's the it's almost like the stage where you would be planning these lives the the part where you've got the higher wisdom then you're more aware of because here we've got this amnesia where we don't remember any of that just now but for me it's like putting on a pair of um virtual reality goggles you come into this game and and here we are in fact i put a lot of stuff on instagram and it's i call it a game this is what it's like it's we're learning we're a little character bobbing along and then it comes to a ghost and it gets killed and it goes back to the start and you don't sit and go oh my God, my little character's just been killed and floods of tears. You don't get all that emotion. You just think, okay, let's start again. And I get stuck at that. So let me jump. Well, there we go. We're past it. Up to the next level. And there we go. There's two more ghosts. Let's try to jump, jump, jump up. So you've learned a skill here. You've got jump. And, and you keep building this accumulation of learning until you master the game and you complete the game. And then you could turn around and be a guide to someone to say, oh, level 74, that was a tough one. Try doing something like this, and I think you'll get it, and then they'll master the game as well. So, so that's the between life. It's this where you go after death, or actually, I don't think it's where you go after death. For me, it's it's what you reawaken to. You reawaken to your your uh, more truer state of awareness, and um, that connection back to source as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's very much more than than meets the eye of this reality. And I think when we sometimes are stuck in whatever we are in this 3D reality life we're living, for me to have that perspective of that, that bigger picture, really helps to yeah. be put yourself off the hook and, oh, okay, what am I, what am I learning right now? Because I know mm. I'm here for a reason. This is happening for me. <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to look at it. Okay. Yeah. Why am I going through this? What do I need to learn? Get me through this experience as quick as possible because I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I was just thinking when you were talking about all of that, um, you know, creating our reality and what we what we focus on is what we see. Our frequency is what we frequently see. And I was thinking about there's tons of experiments, but one of the more popular ones that I've heard of over and over again is a double slit experiment where they're just throwing random, I think, protons or something at the wall. Yeah. And there's two slits. And when the scientist is actually watching it, that's when they actually change. They actually go straight through the two slits where they expected it would go. But when nobody was there, when no scientist was watching, they just randomly went all over the place. That's what blew science apart way back in the 1920s when quantum physics started to come about. It kind of blew this whole uh, understanding of physics is physical isn't it physical physics so it suddenly blew it all apart and now we've got this um realization like you're saying the double split experience has shown you that you are you're creating the reality so that's what we are we are creator beings we're here having an experience and we can create our lives in any way that we want to create our life there's probably some um pre uh determined uh, idea of what we will go through and what we will experience to help us to learn and experience what we want to experience to grow um but with free will they choose to completely ignore that and just live a completely different life and come back another life and redo it again um so we are this is the thing it's realizing that we are creator beings we can we, we can manifest anything we, are, we can manifest a life we can create the life uh, in whatever way. And even people might say, um, like, well, I'm, um, I've got, I've, I've had no break in life. I started off in poverty and I, but there's people that have made it out of that as well. There's, there's a, who was I was reading? I was reading a, what's his name? I got his name now, but um, it was all about this guy who had, They'd lost his legs and had been burnt in a fire. And but this guy made a real success of his life, even though he went through such adverse and terrible experiences. But it was his mind that decided that that wouldn't be, it wouldn't limit him. It wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't stop him from being successful. And he had a happy life, even though probably other people would be, might take the alcohol and think that life's terrible because of the, the misfortune that they've had in life. And, and I guess all of these experiences again bring the it shows the strength of your mind, what you're able to overcome. Um, I mean, there's even a there's a, a it was a, a while back I was at this gala, this kind of charity ball thing, where it was a, a woman who had lost a daughter, who a daughter was murdered, and um, she was only about fourteen or something. Terrible story, but the thing that I recognised when I was sitting at this gala was that. Look what this girl has done. She was only in her late twenties or something, and and I'm thinking it's incredible what she did. Was she went through such a terrible experience? She had no support for her. She had to suffer through this experience and live with it, and struggle through the mental issues it must have caused her. And but then what she did was she then set up a charity to start connecting other people that have lost children to these charity to these kind of organisations and providing support and help and and there she was at this big gala that she had taken this charity now 
that was a horrible experience and a terrible experience, but out of that experience, out of that experience, gave her an opportunity to to almost and this is something that you see from this between life status sometimes there's soul agreements made where it may be that okay your experience will be to uh, to overcome adversity and to uh, try and overcome your challenges you've got all that potential to do something wonderful I'll be the I'll be the daughter that may come in and I'll leave early and then you'll then be left to so sometimes there's soul agreements and this comes through these books again like Dr. Michael Newton where seven well these seven thousand test cases it was a common theme that these people are saying that the it's almost like the soul group make an agreement they'll come down and very often it's the same people the same souls that will play different it's like a stage play or something where you've all got different characters and this character is going to be mean to you and hard, but it's your um that's your kind of opportunity to to maybe be stronger and to stand up to that person and not allow someone to, to control you or so there's there's so many dynamics that seem to be able to kind of come out of um these arrangements and it's all for our growth and and it's like we said at the start, a little character that comes along and dies. You don't go, oh my God, Super Mario is dead. Oh. You just go, he goes way back to the start and he starts again. And that's because there is no death. There is only, like you say, death to me is the reawakening back, taking the goggles back off and going, oh, I'm back again. And that was, let's have a laugh about that. Do you remember when you did that to me? And so. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of tearing up because I've had experiences with significant people in my life where I've had dreams where they've come to me at a soul level, not like they were in real life whatsoever, very loving, just God-like, you know, just heart open. And I was told, like, I was always there with you. You know, this was, this was, I love you this much that I Mm -hmm. came into your life to show you this. And, And when we're going through whatever we're going through, just to remember that perspective, like we talked about, everything is happening for us. And, you know, this reality that we live in is duality and that contrast helps us grow. That's what helps like the schoolroom earth. That's what helps progress us. Mm -hmm. Our soul doesn't care. Like it wants us to learn the lesson. We want to experience it all in order to experience pleasure and the joy. We need to understand that pain as well and knowing that we can we can we can manifest it yeah and it's and everyone may have different paths so there is no right or wrong in this world so it may be that someone is here to experience pure joy or to find joy from a bad experience or it may be that someone's here to be the horrible person to be nasty to someone to help there's another little story i tell clients sometimes to help them understand and it's imagine that there's a okay so let's imagine this this girl who is in a relationship and the relationship's horrible. Uh, the guy is, he's very nasty. He is physically and mentally abusive, puts her down a lot. And and she's just, she loves him. She thinks, she believes that he is someone really good, but then it's nasty side keeps coming. His insecurities all play out. Um, and, and you could say to that person, what if I click my fingers and the whole 
relationship disappears you're out of that relationship and you're just free to move on now without all this emotional stuff and she would probably go yes just get me out of this it's hell i'm being physically abused mentally abused i feel so bad it's uh, but I, I feel this love that I just can't get away from them. And so then imagine five years pass and she's got out of that relationship eventually. But she meets this other guy and this other guy starts saying things, nasty things. And he's, he what goes to hit her one time. He goes, wait a minute. This is exactly the same situation as before. I'm not going down that road again. So she then moves on. And let's say another five years, she's now married. She's met this lovely guy who she's maybe got two children. And... Um, and you go to her then and say, in this 10 years time, say, do you remember 10 years ago I said, if I click my finger, all of that situation would disappear? What if I do it now and it all disappears? And she would think, that's who I am now. That's all my experiences have made me who I am. If I hadn't experienced that first relationship, then I might not have um, been able to avoid that second relationship. And then I could have been away down for a number of years with that guy going through a horrible relationship, never met my current husband and had these lovely children that I've got. So take all that away and you take away all my experiences, all my learning, all the growth that I have went through to come to come to the stronger person that was able to even get out of that relationship in the first place. It was maybe really challenging and difficult, but she found strength within herself to get away from that relationship. So that's just a little one example of a million billion possibilities and uh, what circumstances in life can be about but that's just one to show you that sometimes the, the hard and difficult circumstances and situations offer you the greatest opportunities to grow and to learn Oh, my, that's beautiful. And that was very similar to my story I was referring to, too, of course. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, of course. But I think that's a beautiful way to start to close the show down. Um, was there anything else, Stephen, that you feel called to, to share or wrap up before we start to say our goodbyes? Not a lot. I mean, it's there is so much you can talk about here. Even some of the experiences that you then get from this between life, it doesn't even need to be Earth lives. It could be all into all the other stuff that then so you've heard of all these concepts you see i don't like them because they get branded a lot, a lot around and star seeds and light beings and but the concept is that we are we're not always necessarily just a human being but we can be other experiences we can experience in different places and maybe even have been and are here helping so um so yes, it's a big, big topic. We could probably spend hours talking about all this stuff and how the whole spiritual concept of it all, but um, I think we've covered quite a little bit, I think. We managed to get most of it, some of it in. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm always going to have you back on and dive deeper into all that spiritual aspects yeah. as well. But thank you so much, Stephen, for coming on here and sharing your heart and your wisdom with us all today. Um, we close this show out the same way every single week. How may we as the listeners, as a huge act of gratitude, be of service for you in return today. Okay. Let's see. That's a question. I'll just wait and see what pops into my mind. And two things pop in. One is, I guess, for me, I guess what I do is I share a lot of stuff. So if you if it's similar to Instagram, it's just Stephen uh, Till underscore hypnotherapy. I um, share lots of fun, com comical memes, spiritual memes, positive memes, so uh, things about my sessions. So what I do is I pretty much use Instagram to share a lot of 
funniness and joy and and I think so that's so I guess what you could say is look at some of that stuff that will help you that'll make you laugh that will make bring joy to your life every morning funny stuff and um, but I think really of all the things that I've ever learned it's simple and it's it's love yourself make sure that you love yourself and look after yourself but then help others and it comes to that have you ever had that little uh, story about on an airplane if they, they always say if the if the cabin loses pressure you put your your um you put your uh, oxygen mask on first otherwise if you turn around to help someone else you could lose consciousness and then nobody gets helped so it's always about loving yourself and looking after yourself and then when you can do that you can help other people as well so it's it's to share that um it sounds corny love or something but to share that um yeah think love for yourself and then share it with other people and i think that is the key thing is uh, to help me help yourself because when we all help ourselves we help the collective and we all elevate together Amen. Amen. I know it is so cheesy that it's so a lot of people talk about self-love now and all that kind of stuff, but really that's the answer. That really, really is the answer. And that is doing, I don't want to say the hard work, but looking inward too, loving yourself enough to to say, Hey, there's something up. I might need help hypnotherapy or whatever it is for you to show up, to love yourself and to know yourself at a deeper level. hundred percent. And when we do that, then it's that's where we can help other people. But some people jump in to help other people without helping themselves, yeah. and they'll struggle because they they they've not they've not healed, they've not uh, overcame their own challenges, and it'll give them a difficult life probably. But they might even bypass helping other people by not helping themselves as well. But to remember that we're here, we're here as an, to experience and to learn and to grow, and that's the main thing. But then we. We can share that we share but when we've healed ourselves when we love ourselves then we'll come from a place of love we won't come from the insecurity we won't come from the the fears and the I mean, fears are the big things that hold us back from like we say is creating the lives that we want so we can work on that and resolve our fears and resolve our um things that are blocks and things that hold us back then we can share that and make help other people to then elevate as well yeah yeah all of humanity all of consciousness starts with with us because we are we're not just the ocean one drop in the ocean we're the entire ocean in one drop another yeah probably i use the overuse that quite a lot for Rumi, but it's so easily depicts what what you're yeah. saying that's I've, i use that all the time as well you're like <laughs> we're like one little droplet of water that's experiencing disconnection from the ocean for a split second and then we return back to it again yeah. and we become the ocean well on that note we're going to drop this episode back into the ocean thank you so <laughs> much Stephen for coming on here today it was such an honor and pleasure to talk with you you too long no nice thanks for having me on as well